Then I just want to remind the ladies' Bible study this Wednesday morning at 10.30. We're working through the book of Revelation, having very good discussions, prayer time. Um, we want to remember the Montenegros are here today, probably exhausted. Yes. <laughs> they had 10 days of wor um, work with the missions team, medical missions teams from, uh, the, I think, the States. And Wilfredo has given Jean daily reports. I'm not going to steal the thunder. Uh, Jean can tell you about the amazing things that the Lord did. Um, then, uh, just before I ask Brian just to quickly talk to you about the men's Bible study, and it, it's on the screen as well, um, please remember to pray for Glenn and Joanne. Glenn had his surgery, he's doing very well. They're coming back this Wednesday. Stan had a heart attack, um, and Renee asked that we just keep praying for him. They're going to go back to the States in three weeks, so they have to kind of wait around. He's not allowed to fly for two weeks. They're a little nervous because it's not the first one. So please just rem remember them in prayer, and pray for Jillian, their daughter, because um, obviously, you know, she's, she has to stay home when mom and dad has to go to the hospital, that kind of thing, so just pray for them. Please pray for Sam and ja Jane. They're on their way back. Sam is not going to have the surgery, uh, cardiac surgery, so just pray for them that he will be fine. Please pray for Klaus. He's still admitted, but doing well. Tamara is soldiering on. Please remember her in prayer. And then um, Paula is sick, right? We're both sick. Stay away from him. Thank you. He's better. <laughs> just keep a perimeter around him. <laughs> anyway, so I just want to ask you, there's a lot of people sick, and it's cardiac issues, and then it's, you know, viral things and so on. Just remember people in prayer. Uh, Brian, did you want to say just a special word about the Bible study for the men? Good morning. I'm Brian Replogle. I'm representing the men's Bible study here. For you ladies, if you could send your men out, or if you know a man, send him out too. It's at Big Daddy's, Thursday, 9.30. It's in the back. I'm sorry, 9. Thank you for correcting me. And I look forward to seeing you guys there. We've had some uh, more attendance, so it's exciting to see some of the men show up. And we look forward to more. Thank you so much. All right, so you can stand if you want to. We're going to praise the Lord this morning. He lives. 
I know he rescued my soul His blood has covered my sin I believe I believe My shame is taken away My pain is healed in his name I believe I believe I'll raise the banner, oh, cause my Lord has conquered the grave, my Redeemer lives, 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 my Redeemer Dancing on this mountain top to see your kingdom come. You lift my burdens and I'll rise with you. Dancing on this mountain top to see your kingdom come. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer my Redeemer lives, 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 He lives. to our worship team. Good morning, everybody. Welcome here. I've got very good news this morning. Our brother Montenegro, the Montenegro family, for 10 days been working with the mission team in different areas in Panama. And he, he texted me 2 o'clock this morning. I was asleep, of course. He wasn't. He said at 1.30 a.m., past 1.38 a.m. He woke up because he had a dream. And in this dream, a witch doctor was trying to attack him. And he would say, how is this possible? They can leave their bodies. Astral projection. They can travel. They leave their body behind and they can intimidate. I just want to tell you, because of your money and because of their faithfulness, we are upsetting hell. According to him, welcome, my brothers. 40 people in this week gave their heart to the Lord. So let me just read to you. He says, Monday, an epileptic paralyzed man was able to raise his hands and stand on his feet, healing, healed and liberated... Uh, uh, God did that above all 
he accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. You see what I see? This man was paralytic. He got up on his feet. But what Wilfredo said is, greater than that, he accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Today we, serve a we, we see in the church, signs and wonders, that's all we are interested in. The devil is preparing most of the church today for the new age that is also looking for the signs and wonders that will come. We should not be distracted from what is the main purpose of the gospel of Jesus Christ is for the salvation of souls. This man was raised up, but God saved his soul. A woman with a, with a diagnosis of breast cancer, uh, suffering with as probably a slow-growing cancer over eight years. She was waiting for ultrasound. If you have the ministry of... of um, if you're an evangelist, any group of people meeting together as an audience. And he preached to those waiting for the ultrasound, and this lady, the tumor disappeared. There were people saved. Two people give their, gave their heart to the Lord. I'm trying, this was translated from the Spanish. Uh, Luis worked in psychology. There was a man referred to her from the medical team with schizophrenia. But in reality, it was spiritual bondage. She visited many witches, and while my wife registered, ministered to her, gave her a glass of water to drink, and, and uh, made her to invoke the name of Jesus Christ, the woman turned around, screamed as if she received a powerful electric shock in her body, and then cried out and giving her life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see what happens when the Spirit moves in? The demons have to move out. This is reality. We live here in North America, but see what God is doing just on the opposite side. People who serve Mama Tata, a demonic spirit. This is reality. Our, our wrestling match is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and authorities and principalities and the evil forces of darkness in heavenly places. So, church, we are in a warfare. You better strap up your armor. It sounds dramatic, but it's true. It's true. He hates the name of Jesus. He hates those who associate with Jesus. But he who is in us is greater than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. A man who came seeking psychological attention, he felt he was becoming very sensitive um, and everything was affecting him. And reality, it was only the Holy Spirit who has really been preparing him to receive Jesus in his life. And I can go on and on and on and on. So I thank you for the financial support that you have given our missionaries. I thank you for their faithfulness. And please bear them up in prayer because they are targets. I want to ask you a question. Do you have peace with God? Peace with God. Do you really have peace with God? Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, he was talking in the previous chapter about Abraham, whose faith was recognized to him as, as, just, as justification. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We also live in an age of easy believism. That means we are encouraged to have faith in our faith. You just have to believe it. It's in your mouth. Just speak it out. Just believe, in your, believe and do not um, doubt. Because at the minute you doubt, you've cancelled out your own faith. Have you heard this? That's not Christianity. Faith is putting your trust in what God has said, not what you make up. So we are justified by faith. And it's 
putting our trust in what God has said. Do you see how easy is the gospel? God says, come to me. There is no other way through salvation. I put my faith in him and he saves me. That's it. You don't have to work up your faith. Faith is just taking what is being held out to you. If you don't have peace with God, I ask you to ask the Holy Spirit this morning to show you of things that you've buried a long time ago. Time does not cover sin. You might forget, but the Holy Spirit doesn't. And I believe strongly we are living in a time in this in church we will see the Holy Spirit at work in a way we haven't seen it before because there are people praying for that desperately. Church business cannot be run by a CEO. It cannot be run by a board. It cannot be run by the pastor. Church is God's business being run by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a Holy Spirit. I believe because of the excesses that we see on television, that's coming from charismatic sources. We have grieved the Holy Spirit in conservative churches. And he's absent because he is grieved. When Jesus left, he gave us the Holy Spirit to remind us of exactly what he has said. And the Spirit came on Pentecost. He gave us the power to obey and to minister like the Montenegros in the power of the Spirit. I often ask myself, what am I doing? So examine your heart and ask the Holy Spirit, do I have to repent, God, Holy Spirit, because I'm, I'm somehow scared of you. I'm scared that if you'd come upon me, you'll make a fool of me. We are serving a Father who has given us His Spirit to remind us of His indwelling presence, that sweet presence in the wake up in the morning. My brother said to me this morning, when he wakes up, he just, can I breathe? Yes, I can breathe. Praise God. When we have the Holy Spirit, we have the indwelling fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So the minute we grieve Him, He will feel that check. But if we have quenched the Spirit, we can sin with impunity. We can just brush it off. So two things we have to do as a church. We have to consider how are we treating the Holy Spirit in our lives? What do we know about the Holy Spirit? And then we have to put on the armor of God every morning. Realizing not only the Montenegros have a target on their back, but you and I. We are living in the day where the church, the only institution in the world that's got an answer to the problem of mankind. Any of you walking around with a wounded heart, with shame, with guilt, with rejection, it's only the Lord Jesus Christ and all His grace that can reach out and set you free. Might be some of us, because of that injury, you've taken a vow. That doesn't mean you do it consciously. Sometimes you take a subconscious vow and you say, Never, no one will hurt me like this again. And you cut yourself off from people. You live in isolation or you hide this. And it's exactly what the devil wants. Not only did he inflict the first wound, he keeps you bound. Often it's Sexual molestation that gives that give us guilt. Or oh, sorry, shame. Guilt is because of what has happened. I should never have done it. We, we're ashamed of what we've done. And you're being reminded of that by the devil again and again. And he robs you of peace and joy. And he robs you of the testimony that you have. 
we are not unfamiliar with the schemes of the devil because he's a liar. And this morning the Lord wishes to set you free. Jesus died on the cross naked. He didn't have a loincloth. Can you imagine being hung on the cross in public and with the soldiers there, what he had to listen to? He's taken your shame. He's taken your guilt. So that if you come to the cross of Jesus Christ, you're not only coming for salvation, you're coming to be set free of guilt and shame and rejection. Because he was rejected ultimately, not only by his disciples, not only by his nation, but by God himself. So why should we walk with the rejection? Why should we walk with the pain of shame? What, it, what grieves me is the price that Jesus paid in full for you and my, for me to live con, uh, uh, anointed lives, whole lives. But we never exchange that for the full price that he paid for me. There's no double jeopardy. And we live a life of double jeopardy. We pay for our sin and Jesus paid. But this side, we pay to the devil. And he was wiped out by God. He crushed his head when he said, it is finished, it is paid in full. Do you hear me, church? Yeah. It is time to get free. It's been paid for. And you, the way you deal with a foothold is you go, if, 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 like in my life, my dad didn't believe I would amount to anything. Because he was an angry man, because he was rejected by his own father, I understand that. But the hurt doesn't, you can't, you can't rationalize hurt. It is there, you have to acknowledge it. And you have to deal with it. And when somebody hurts you, there's the possibility of a foothold. That is how much anger will get into our lives, or resentment, or bitterness, or jealousy. There's always some incident that the Holy Spirit will bring to your mind and say, that territory you gave up to the devil, that's why he has the legal right to attack you. Think of Peter. What did Jesus say about Peter? Peter, the devil is asking to sift you. Why? Peter was proud. They will forsake you. I never will. Right? That's the seminal sin of mankind, is pride. And the devil says, I've got the legal right to attack him. He opened his mouth. In pride. So because of that, he denied the Lord Jesus three times. And you know how many times did Jesus ask to renounce that? How many times did he ask him if he loved him? Three times. How do you denounce a foothold? You go back and you say, Lord, I ask you forgiveness for that time when I lost my temper so badly. Or when I uh, slept with somebody I should never have slept because that is the opening of the enemy to attack you. Or I'm, uh, uh, the time I took that drug or the time I do this or that. And the Holy Spirit, you don't have to do navel-gazing. The Holy Spirit is faithful. He will show you. And then you say, Father, that day I believed a lie. I believed that I will not amount to anything. I accepted that curse. I accepted that injury. And I forgive me for, for believing the lie because God said He knew my name before I was even born. And if He knew my name, if He knew Jeremiah's name, He would know your name. God says He does not receive the person. So before you actually formed in your mother's womb, he knew your name. Tell me he doesn't love you. He loves you. He has secured you. He's paid for you. And that's the lie that we, lo we believe lies and we can't keep, keep on giving footholds to the devil. And the Lord has come and has set you free. If the Son has set you free, you'll be free indeed. And you know when you're not free. You're sitting here, you know you're not free. And all the Lord does, He's just holding out the freedom to you and you just say, thank you, Lord Jesus, it's long enough for me. It's all you need to do. Long enough, I've suffered with rejection. Long enough, 
running away from people. Long, en long enough hung my head in shame. There are some, some of us, that, that my husband and wife, have got bitterness that will go back years. And we just cover it up. You cannot cover it up. It will always come out. You cannot walk and live in unforgiveness and think that it's the devil that's attacking you. Often it's just your flesh that wouldn't die. I insist to be treated like this. My dear brother and sister, you are greatly beloved. You are greatly beloved. You have a Savior that knows your name, that has paid the price in full on the cross. And he's inviting you. He said, come to me, all who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Would you come? Repentance is easy. Repentance is admit my sin. Come before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm convicted of my sin. I know I've, I'm being carrying bitterness or resentment or unforgiveness or jealousy or strife or uh, I can't really stand my husband or my wife or my, grand, uh, my mother-in-law or whatever else it is. It could be a silly thing sometimes. And then we hold, uh, and forgive me for holding the reserve to be offended. I see now on the cross, you have been utterly humiliated. You have been crushed by your Father. That you became my sin. So that I can become your righteousness before the Father. And I ask you to wash me again. And then you say, I break this foothold. In the name of Jesus, I break this foothold that I've given to the enemy. And I take it back under the blood of Jesus Christ. And now I stand. Having done all you, put on your weapons of warfare. The main thing is here, the helm of salvation, that keep your mind on the word. You cannot fight the Christian fight and you have no word in you. It's impossible, church. You cannot have the Christian hope if you do not fill yourself with the Word of God every day. That is why we do this study. That's why God has given us His Word. The more I put the Word inside of me, the greater my faith becomes, the stronger my hope. And you know what? There are three things that Paul talks about the Christian life, which we will not get to today. What's my sermon? Is when he spoke to the church, he said, uh, the, the Hebrew church, remember last time we were saying, oh boy, can Christian, true Christians become apostate? Can we fall away from the truth? Uh, uh, and, and people wrote books on that. This writer, well, in their panic, he says to them, but for you I have better things that I know about you. Things that hang around salvation. And then he mentioned three things, which are faith and hope and love. Try and separate them for me too. Separate them for me, let me see. It's a, it's a twisted rope. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ is our anchor. The anchor that goes into the innermost being, into the Holy of Holies, in heaven, where He's anchored my soul. How can I ever be lost? But saving faith is enduring faith. And that's the kind of faith that God gives His children when He saves them. Faith and hope and love. Which one will never end? Because God is? Why is faith going to stop? See Him eye to eye. And why is hope going to stop? He's going to give us the inheritance. You have the most amazing future awaiting you. And I said before, 
There's one individual standing in that way. And that is who? You and I. We stand in our own way. That's why last time he said to them, the reason why you don't know the ABCs of the Christian life is because you are lazy. When the Holy Spirit wakes you up in the morning, get up, read your Bible and pray. I'm going to pray from now on, Lord, bless them with a brick in their pillow. So next time you can't sleep, blame me. That's the quickest way you and I will quench the Holy Spirit. If He calls you to pray and you find something better to do. Hmm. What a privilege it is to speak to the living God. To have intimacy with the living God. And that's what you will get with the Holy Spirit. It's addictive. Honor Him and dedicate that time to Him. Go back to bed early, break up the party and stop the TV and just go early to bed so you can wake up then. And I find the best time is in the morning. But that's not set in stone. Because if ladies, by the end of the day, I know how a lady's mind works. It's everything. It's the family. It's, it's everything. It's just, you just see electricity. And if you ever see your husband and he sits staring at the window and you ask him, what is he thinking about? And he says, nothing. What should you do, ladies? Believe him. We men can sit and think of nothing, which you cannot do. We have a nothing box. And some of us have a big nothing box. But it's our prerogative. If there's anyone that is, have any of these things in your life and you want to speak to somebody, don't wait. Time does not heal that. Time makes you forget but the injury and the loss, you're like a car with a leak. The oil leaks out continuously. You have to fix the leak. And Jesus is the great mechanic of the soul. He has made all the provision for you to be whole. And that's the Father's desire for you. God has given us, if you're a shepherd, if you're under shepherd, God gives you the ability to look at people and to pray for people as I see you now. That's the way I see you when I pray for you. And the Lord shows us you that are hurting, you that are shying away from dealing with what you have to deal with. We are not talking in the air. Because what happens is love in our hearts for you. There is a desire to see you free, a desire to see you running your race for the Lord with diligence, getting first prize. Paul says, he says, don't you know that if athletes compete, only one gets the prize. As I said last time, it's not Canada where everybody gets a prize. The first, the first person that comes first gets the prize. And I'm not sure if you've ever had friendship with an uh, Olympic athlete. They are a pain. They only eat this. They only drink water. They go get up at this time. They go to bed at that time. And you cannot move them. You cannot entice them with a hamburger or ice cream cone. Because what do they have in mind? The gold medal. They discipline their bodies. And here we as Christians, we have a, not a perishable gold medal. We get the imperishable crown of life and, and the inheritance that God is keeping for us. And how do we run? It should not be. Paul says, I beat my body. I discipline myself unless I am get disqualified for the price. If you are truly a believer, you will not be lost. But you can come second or third or last. Let's, let's compete for the gold medal of God. Let's give it our all.
you and I think that, that maturity or perfection cannot be achieved. God says, be holy as I am holy. Yes, we can. We can be separated from this world as God is separated from this world. We could have nothing to do with this world. It's possible. It's not an impossible task. Yes, and we can be perfect. Because the Bible says that Jesus Christ, by one sacrifice, has perfected us who are being sanctified forever. Do you see that? While the Spirit is already perfecting me and, and, and helping me to get rid of all the sin, Jesus is waiting us at the, at, the, at the finish line. You've already been perfected by my sacrifice. So you understand, there is a... There is a positional perfection that we've reached in the Lord Jesus Christ that is paid for. But here on earth, the Holy Spirit and the Word and the Father and Him is, uh, are urging us on and say, come and reach that perfection that's already provided for you. There should not be any hopelessness in us and say, I will never reach it. That's the enemy. Perfection is your and my right in Christ. He did not pay only for me to redeem me from sin. He has redeemed me to perfection, to please the Father, this side of the grave. For I feel a divine jealousy for you, says Paul to the church. Since I betrothed you to one husband, to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. But I'm afraid that as a serpent deceived Eve in the garden, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Jesus Christ. How easy, how easy is it getting our thoughts away from, from Him that matters most? This morning, the Holy Spirit says, it is time. It is time that you will devote your life to Jesus. To consecrate yourself to Jesus. He is the lover of your soul like no one in the universe. He is waiting on you. What is your choice? I can only say like Joshua, you must choose today between life and death. But me and my house, we will serve the Lord through God's grace. So I beg you, deal with the devil decisively today. Deal with your hurt decisively today. It's time for us to move away from the ABCs. While I'm talking about the ABCs, I do not know. It says Baptist Church out there. But I just want you to know that there's an ABC of baptism. What does baptism mean? There's no place in the New Testament where I find believers that are not baptized. When, the, when, the, when Peter prayed on Pentecost, he spoke, he's speaking to the Jews who have the oracles of God and the covenants and the holy place and the temple and the sacrifices. And he said to them, repent and believe. In the Lord Jesus Christ, be baptized for the washing away of your sin. Not that baptism, like there are some churches believe that if I get baptized, I get saved. No. But it is a demonstration to the world that I have decided to follow Jesus and that as I left my old life in that water behind, I am now running the race for Jesus Christ. That's what the baptism is. It's a public demonstration of my faith. And you would say, oh, maybe there's some that says... You feel ashamed to be baptized because of the baggage that we have and because of whatever. Remember, the Lord Jesus died naked on the cross, unashamed. Because what was set before Him was the joy to see you saved. 
We have to be careful that we will not interpret the scripture according to our own proclivities. We have to be obedient. So deal with those things. Deal with those things that the Holy Spirit nags you about right now or, or warns you about right now. So that we will be free, a free people. Because you and I, we desire that the Spirit will come in power on us so that we can minister in power to the needy. You see, in one week, 40 souls coming to the Lord Jesus Christ because of one person, two, four persons sharing their faith. How many can we bring? Amen. Thank you for listening so patiently. May God bless you richly. May you realize how greatly you are beloved. When the, when the angel came to, to, to Mary, Jesus' mother, he greeted her, um, oh, favorite one. Why was she a favorite one? She was handpicked by the living God to carry the human body of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know how God is greeting, greeting you? My favorite one. Because he has picked you to share his son to let his son live in you. That is a great privilege. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this marvelous privilege. We thank you for the precious people that came here to hear your word. Pray in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit of God, will not let us go until we have de dealt with our sin with the lies that we've been spinning to ourselves to avoid the feeling of guilt. That we will bring everything out in the open. For we cannot fool God. Pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you will remind us of the things we said or the things we done. Which have given entry or legal right in the devil's uh, territory to, to attack us so that we can take it back through repentance under the blood of Jesus, so that we can be free, so that Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to break, to bind up the brokenhearted. Lord Jesus, right now I pray that right here you will bind up the brokenhearted. Will you bring to their memory those times of which they are ashamed, of guilt that we carry for years, of rejection, the pain of rejection that we try to hide. You have come to heal the brokenhearted. The Bible says you have come to the prison to open the prison door to set them free that's in darkness. To open the eyes of the blind and to proclaim the Lord's favor, the year of the Lord's favor. This is the year of Lord's favor now. Today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. Is the Holy Spirit pleading with you. You don't want regret one day. It's awful. Deal with it now. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are reminding us. And you bring it to our attention and that you will give us the grace and the willingness to, set the, to, to cut the chains in the name, the powerful name of Jesus. Pray for them. You know each one. You've called each one. They are written in your book, the book of life. They have an inheritance awaiting them. You have picked the road they should walk on. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your guidance. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your help.
that you strengthen us. Thank you that Paul says, will you strengthen us by your Holy Spirit in the inner man so that we may know that Christ is dwelling in our hearts. Will you give us a hunger and a desire for your word, Lord? We can start with little bits, but just let us find the discipline to do this on a daily basis because it's our life. It builds our hope. It builds our faith. It builds our love. And if we have love for you, we have love for one another. The Bible says that Jesus, this is love. In this is love that Jesus laid down his life for us. And he said, and then it goes on, and we ought to lay down our life for our brothers. That can only happen with divine love. I pray that in this small congregation that we are, that the divine love of Jesus will be evident in all of our lives. We have tolerance and love and, and, and compassion with one another. That the people of this town will know that Jesus is alive. In Jesus' mighty name, please bless these precious people, Lord. Bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. May you enjoy His presence. May you enjoy His goodness. May you enjoy His companionship. He's, he's looking down in tender love because He has made peace with you already through the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not angry. Be reconciled. To whomever is your enemy. In Jesus' name, Amen. As the dear panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after you. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship you. Brother